Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On our weekend episode last week, we discussed player film grading in order to provide some information that is actionable and that can help you in your game planning and practice planning. Today we expand that and we look into some things that are going to help you better understand what's working and what isn't with some simple in-season analytics where we focus on looking at your concepts, your calls, the things that you've been using on game day that have either proven effective or are a weakness for you. Simple in-season analytics can identify your strengths and weaknesses, and it's something that we started doing and proved to help us better develop our game plans and practice plans, and it's something that can be done on offense, defense, and special teams. And you could get as granular as you want with this, but even understanding some bigger picture numbers can shed light on areas of offensive, defensive, special teams success and needs for improvement. So let's take a look at a few examples and how you accomplish this. So the first step is to have your data and you want it input into something. So that's either gonna be huddle or a spreadsheet. Now I like it in huddle because the film is then tied to the data, but a spreadsheet will work as well. And typically you can create these columns in huddle and then download those to a spreadsheet. I like the spreadsheets as far as being able to go through and look at and sort the data in different ways. So ultimately, you're going to want to get to the spreadsheet. But as I said before, when you can build those into huddle, now later you can create some things that you can look at as a staff as far as some short playlists and things that you can show both staff and players for how you're going to improve. There's certainly some things that will make this easier. So the first is to have someone recording the calls on game day. Now, this could be somebody in the booth or on the sideline. They need to be able to hear the call, though. So if it's it's someone on the sideline, I would suggest that it's uh, you know definitely not the play caller and that the play caller isn't having to turn and tell somebody every time what the call was, right? I would suggest maybe if that was going to be somebody on the sideline recorded, if they didn't have a headset, they're talking or they're standing next to a coach who's able to tell them what the call was. I feel that, that this sheet, again, can be very useful in-game as well. And so the play caller should be able to access this and review it after the series and look at trends developing in the game. So overall, my suggestion would be wherever that play caller is, he should be able to have access for it. So if the play caller's on the field, 
then you're going to want this recorded on the field. If the play caller is up in the booth, you would have it up in the booth. What we had that person recording do then after each series was highlight the efficient plays in the following series. We're going to define efficiency in a minute here, but what it allows the play callers to see is those plays that are having success, those calls that you want to go back to. And you know, if they're not working, you could look at the things that aren't highlighted and, and start to ask why and look for those adjustments. Following a game, the sheet then is input into huddle or a spreadsheet. And again, having that data that we talked about is able to help you see those trends and tendencies that are developing. So let's start with a few ideas here, looking at the offensive side of the ball. So run game was really one of the first areas where we use this. And for us, we considered anything four yards or better as an efficient run. We wanted to be at least at 55% for us to consider that run overall efficient. And we'd also account for the situation too. So if it was a third and two and the run gained three yards to move the chains, we would still mark that as an efficient play. If we were down on the goal line and we needed to gain a yard for the touchdown and we got into the end zone, we will mark that as an efficient play, even though those plays didn't gain the four yards that we're talking about. We also marked explosive runs. For us, those were runs that were 12 yards or better. Now, some people use 10 yards for this, but we went with the Mike Ayers study on explosives to define it for us. And if you haven't heard it before, there's a podcast where we did definitely talk about the Mike Ayers study on explosives. I'll link that one in the show notes. But he was uh, an analyst for the Green Bay Packers and really a, a kind of a pioneer in a lot of the analytics that we're using on game days now. Looking at the passing side of things, we considered an explosive play, anything that was 16 yards or better, again, going off the air study. Whatever it is for you, if you define it differently, that's fine. But what you want to do is define what is an efficient run, what is an explosive play. And what this helped us to see was, again, overall, what's efficient for us, what was explosive for us, and a play that was both efficient and had a nice number of explosives certainly is a best play and one we're going to want to start to hang our hat on. But when we first did this study, we found that not all efficient runs uh, also had explosive plays. We also, when we were looking in particular against what we were doing, we found that we were not efficient against odd fronts. So we made some changes within our system to do that. Now, that was more of an off-season study, but we certainly could have started to pinpoint some things and see some things as we went through a season if we were using these analytics early on. So it did start with a bigger comprehensive off-season study, but we found it very beneficial to continue looking at things during the season. And we found that our previous year's efficient plays and explosive runs weren't exactly the same as the previous year. And, and that's an important thing. I mean, we develop uh, tendencies as a coach. We, we develop our beliefs of what's really going to work but then when it gets out onto the field, sometimes it's not exactly as we planned. So in this particular year, we were looking at a new tailback. He was a sophomore. He was better at inside zone, which was most efficient and explosive for him. But in previous years, it was our stretch play. It was our outside zone play that was the most efficient and explosive. It didn't give us as many of those 12 plus yard runs with this new runner, but it was still highly efficient. So in our thought process a little bit, we, we used one to set up another. So we still wanted to use that stretch play. It was going to be efficient for us. But when we were looking for some of those explosive plays, we'd go to our inside zone with this particular tailback. Again, that's stuff that we started to see in season. If we weren't really looking at these things a little bit more detail, we might not have noticed it. You could also start to look at formations that would be best for us against a certain front 
Or you might even look at your personnel groups, right? What group is really the most efficient and effective when they're out on the field? And we have some of these ideas. We think we know them. We think we know what we saw. But again, getting these numbers in front of us in season, I think, is going to help us make better decisions on what we're going to put in the game plan and also what we're going to practice. So going back to that example, when we saw that our stretch play wasn't as explosive as it was in the previous seasons, we investigated and found that our perimeter blocking on the secondary run support wasn't exactly where we wanted it to be. So we worked on those things and did some things with the scheme to give them better angles, allow them to block things in different ways to get the play going, and it helped those players out and created some more of those explosives for us. The point of all of it, again, is to make more informed decisions about the game plan and what we do in practice. So it can be done with passes as well. For passes, we use sick yards as an efficient play and 16 yards as an explosive as as I said getting that from the Mike Ayer study again anything less than six that picked up a first down or a touchdown was considered efficient and looking at this for the passing game you can start to see where you might want to adjust a route to make something more explosive or work on quarterback decisions and the scenarios that he faces in practice to make him more efficient and even more explosive you'll find when you're doing these studies that Maybe your quarterback isn't looking at the right place uh, or looking there long enough before he moves on, and you may miss those opportunities for explosive plays. The data will start to show that you have a pattern of things, and the patterns are going to tell you what you can look at and focus on uh, for improvement, or this is really an area of success for us. This certainly can and should be done on defense as well. You can look at your fronts, your stunts, your blitzes, your coverages in this manner. If you're using a blitz, you can determine if it forced a bad decision, rushed the passer, hit the quarterback, or resulted in a sack, and saying that all of those are efficient for you when those things happen. What percentage of that call, that blitz, is doing those things that make it efficient. If you have something that you call again and again and again and really didn't do anything to affect the defense, you need to consider why didn't it work? What do we need to work on? Or do we want to run this call? Maybe it's something we just want to delete and move to something that's working better. Move our time over there. Again, the decision goes on you as the coach. The analytics just drive some of these decisions and allow you to look at the picture in different ways. On defense, you could also take that offense approach and look at what are the schemes or the past concepts that are having the most success against you. Start to identify, this is what's giving us the most problems. These plays are the most efficient against us. And again, through scheme, through working on refining technique, get better at those in practice, and look at what calls maybe do you have that can help stop those a little bit better. It starts to provide you that answer sheet where you know if this is hurting us in a game we can go to this. Let's extend this idea to special teams. You want to find ways to evaluate your coverage on punts and kickoffs. So let's start there with your coverage units, breaking down that single unit. Where are you most efficient on that play? Where are you holding them to a certain amount of yards? Right? You're going to want to hold them under a certain amount of yards in a return to consider it an efficient punt. Or maybe you are a directional team. Maybe it's considering how many times that ball's actually picked up, right? What are the things that you need to work on in your particular schemes? Certainly looking at the coverage on kickoffs as far as where you place the ball. And again, on the flip side of it, you could look at what what are the other teams. If these are our numbers and we're facing a team that's pretty explosive based on our definition or pretty efficient based on our definition, what can we do to 
to, to make them not efficient? What can we do to take away those explosive plays when that unit's out on the field? So it starts with defining for you within your system, within the way you do things, what is efficient or what is a big play. On returns, you want to set yardage for efficiency and explosiveness, right? A, a certain amount of yardage on a punt or on a kick return. A certain amount of yardage will be explosive. A certain amount of yardage will be efficient. How efficient are you in a particular return? Maybe you've been working too many and you find that this one's good for us and this one over here is not as good. Again, the decision then goes to what are we going to do in practice? Do I still want to continue with this one and make it better? How am I going to make it better? What are the things we need to work on? Or do I want to put this more, this time more towards this thing that's really working for us right now? The numbers start to tell you the truth about how well you're doing. And again, you'll be able to identify both your strengths and your weaknesses. With some teams that we coach, we shared the numbers with the players. On others, we didn't bog them down with that number, but would rather go into some of those areas needing improvement on film or walkthrough and in practice. The translation, though, with all of this, that number needs to find its way into the practice plan, into how you're going to use that data, and it should be also reflected in your game plan. If you're doing the work just to come up with numbers, it's kind of wasting time. So the last thing I want to address is, is that time spent getting it done. I know that every coach has a lot on his plate, regardless of the level he's coached at. When I started doing this, I did it on my own for quite a long time. But later, as I started to get help, I put a student assistant on it. I put an intern on the data input and even taught them to understand what the data was showing so they could put together some playlists for me to use for teaching and adjustment. But just getting the data entry off your plate can save some time. So if I was at the high school level and looking at doing this, I'd look for that student I have in class to assist me with this and, and share that we're looking for help, especially in those math classes. People who like to work with numbers may gravitate towards doing this. And hey, it's a, a chance to be a part of the team, a chance to be a part of something. So maybe those good math students will be eager to do it and get into some of the analysis for you as well. Make that student a part of the team. Give them some gear. Be sure to recognize them for your work. Be sure to let your players know that, hey, this particular student does a lot of work for us that helps us in the course of the game or in in the course of a week and, and planning better practices. The whole idea behind this is improvement, continuous improvement, building on our strengths and successes and strengthening our weaknesses by having better information in front of us. So dig into it, start slow, start with something. Look at one thing this weekend and figure out what are the numbers for you and how, what is it telling you about what you need to work on this week. I think you can do it at every single position. You, If you're a position coach, maybe it's just looking at your different routes that are really producing for you. Maybe you find that a certain player is struggling on let's say a, a post route right what can you do to improve him on his post route because he doesn't have any explosive plays on that so this can get down to the you know individual position coach level as well to, to me it's all about finding out what are these numbers that I need to identify that are going to help me make better decisions so uh, we'll be back again next week with some pointers for the weekend good luck in your game planning your practice planning this particular week and keep the season rolling along. Be sure to follow us on coachandcoordinator.com for all we're doing. We're including some takeaways from big games, something that we started this week. Be sure to check out that blog and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.